You know, I am a little bit mad at you two because not that I think that I'm like that, all that, but like that I had to ask to be on the show. Feels a little We're in trouble. Feels a little bit sad. We're in trouble. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Snacks, delivered by Grubhub. I'm Sam Mewis. And I'm Lynn Williams. And this is a show about women's soccer, but it's also about selling Sunset, season oh, seven. My gosh, have you Episodes finished it? one through nine and a half, because I have 20 minutes left to play with the rest of my night. Oh, my gosh. Me and Christy have finished the whole thing, and now I can't wait until the seven. I mean, the 15th November 15th when, with a new episode. Yeah. I know. This season is not enough houses, so much drama, and so very drama. attack, attack, attack. Don't you think? Yeah. Who do you think is attacking who the most? I feel like Chriselle is being a little bit attacky. Really? I am very much on her side. Sometimes I think she sounds so rational. And then other times I'm like, whoa, why did you say that? There's only been one moment where I was like, that was unnecessary. Everything else I feel like is a boundary. And she's like, why aren't you Fair. guys respecting these boundaries? And then she I gets- I totally agree with that. She's like, I'm uncomfortable at this dinner. This is a toxic work environment. Leave me alone. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. So I think that she is reacting to them like double reacting, if that makes sense. Like they've done something to her and then she says something and then they do something again. And yeah. then the next thing she says is crazy. Yes. Agreed. Totally agree with that. We could keep that going forever. But here's a quick interruption <laughs> with some women's soccer stuff. Here's what we're doing today on the podcast. The semifinals. The finals. Abby freaking want back. The snacks hotline, obviously. But before we get to all that, we can get back to selling Sunset if we want. Well, I kind of do. Who else do you think is being out there? Well, Nicole. I would be like, what is your deal? What is happening? And also, um, what's her face? Mary Lou. Marie Lou. Oh, yeah. That was not a good conversation. No. no I, you want to know what makes me so uncomfortable is when one person on the side of the fight is like really knows what they're saying and then the other person is like scrambling and I feel like that happens to Nicole all the time where she gets like really like yeah, but and then she like can't like say what she's trying to say or get her point across. Yeah, some people aren't great with confrontation, but I'm just like then you shouldn't start confrontation. Am I Chriselle? Am I her best friend? I the biggest Chriselle supporter apparently. Apparently. <laughs> Anyways, I guess Lynn is on Team Chriselle. Um, well, which is so shocking because in seasons prior, I, like, I haven't been. It's t it's going like this. But I the part I still find the most interesting is the houses, and they're just talking less and less and less about houses. I know. I know. We want we got to get back to the houses. So and less set. about the, cra the crazy wardrobes. Less crazy wardrobes, more houses. I love the crazy wardrobes too, though. More crazy wardrobes. More houses, more drama. We just want more, more, more. Just make this like a Kardashian season. Like it's just ongoing all year. Like I just want like the season, like 10 episodes is not enough. We need a hundred at a time. Well, speaking of me watching nine episodes of Selling Sunset, I've been slouching. So my freaking back is acting up, Lynn. Dude, same. My back. I'm trying to do my neck exercises, which is just basically make a double chin. Oh my gosh, I know. I've been told that like, I got like a flat neck now. Oh. So we got to work on that too. <laughs> I've always called you Lynn, old Lynn Flatneck Williams. <laughs> uh, my back has been hurting, but I also have been laying in about 17 different beds recently. Like I want my bed. Yeah. Can you believe I just complained that I was laying down too much when you've been playing so much soccer and traveling all over the world? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We have different issues. Yeah, we do have different issues. Congratulations on 
your accomplishments, Lynn. Best NWSL best eleven, NWSL finalist. Thank you so much. Um, I was going over my my NWSL stats, and do you want to hear like a pretty crazy stat? Yeah. That I just just realized. Besides our rookie year and COVID, because I don't count COVID, and 2021, I have been to the final every other year. 16, 17, 18, 19, 22, 23. Yeah. So seven out of seven the- Seven finals. Is that right? Yeah, I just counted. Hashtag go bats. That's amazing, Lynn. Congratulations. Is that a record? I don't know. Can somebody tell us if that's a stat record? So the bats are in the finals. Congratulations. We're going to go over both games. Should we save your game because it was so good and talk about the OL Rain game first? Let's do that. Also, I didn't watch most of it, so you're going to have to take the load. For this podcast, I said, this is my job, Sam. You need to stay up and watch this game. Yes. It started at about 9.40 p.m. on the day of Daylight Savings, so it felt like 10.40 p.m., and I valiantly made it through about 10 minutes of the game, and then I fell asleep. Wow, you should get an award for that alone. Well, we have some trusty information here to report. The Wave, the Shield holders, were at home on the college football field where the paint had not quite worn off, which it didn't look great. Hopefully they fix it for next weekend, but it was still a topic of conversation. But the stadium was packed. 33,000 fans were there, which is very cool. They had the opportunity to win the semifinal and play the final at home, but that's not what happened. So quickly, Rose started for OL, which was big news. Super excited for her. Sauna played in the sixth and did really well. Not surprising to us. And then for San Diego, they didn't have a ton of attacking, especially like in the first half. But even after OL scored, they like couldn't put much together in the final third, unfortunately for them. That's all very exciting. I didn't see any of that. Um, but <laughs> but I did rewatch uh, the goal, the Schross. Um, I, you know what? A goal is a goal. I think it's hilarious that she was like, yeah, I didn't mean to do that. Because if it was me, I'd be like, I meant to do that. You never and know. You Put can't. that ball in a dangerous <laughs> position and you never know what can happen. Direct quote. Exactly. And, and Sam. Exactly. And then um, I think she's also the only player to ever score in back-to-back playoff games I saw. So good for you, Veronica. Oh, wow. But going back to the Schross, I saw something on Twitter. I don't know if this is exactly what it said, but it was like sometimes you just have to put your foot through the ball and let the soccer gods find its home. And I was like, I feel that. Sometimes you just kick the ball and hope to God it finds its place. I feel that too. Usually instead of the soccer gods, I just go, oh, Sam, you're just the best. But (laughs) there might be something in the air. San Diego did have a strong push in the final 10 minutes of the game. They couldn't find a goal. So Pino's career continues for one last game, the NWSL championship. She's never won it. And neither has Krieger. Lynn, the Gotham fairy tale continues. I know. Let's freaking go, Bats. What a crazy game. The weather. I need to talk about the weather. I haven't played in such a rainy game in ages. Yeah. It was like all week in Portland. Yeah. So we obviously went to camp and then we came back. Our team went to Portland early because we were all on so many different time zones. We thought maybe let's just get to Portland early and get on the same time zone. All week had been beautiful. So beautiful. And then the day of the game, downpouring, raining. It didn't let up for a second, except maybe at the very, very end it was trickling. Yeah. But it was just, it was crazy. Like you would kick the ball and then it would like either you would miss it and you'd be like, oh my God, like what? Or it would just like go so fast. And then when you're on the turf, it's bouncing weird. So it was wild, but I actually felt like it was like a really good game. I was like, we have a good, we have a game on our hands, girls. It was such a good game to watch. I feel like 
you guys, I feel like in the first half had mm-hmm. the upper hand and I was like, oh my God, Gotham is like going to win. You're going to score at any minute. The set pieces seemed so dangerous. Like every set piece, I was like, this is about to be a goal. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Like it just seemed like the ball was bouncing crazy. And I, I felt like the first half you guys had the upper hand. Then the second half, I felt like the crowd got into it more and like Portland got some momentum. And then overtime was like, wild back and forth is that how it felt to you yeah that's exactly how i felt i felt like mandy hawk came out and made some huge saves kissed her right on the mouth for that and the crowd was wild like in the best worst way like playing if you are a portland player that you're like this is incredible every single time there was a foul every single time like the ref didn't make a call that yeah, I made a call that they didn't like. The ball went out of bounds. It was just like so loud. And like we couldn't hear each other at all, which oh is exactly the games you want to play in. Lynn, Krieger, Krieger's yellow card. Oh my yeah, God, that was-, that was so wild. I was sitting there being like, please, 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 please. Like I could not even imagine if they had called that a red. How much of a tragedy that would have been. That would have been, that would have been sad. Um, I don't really know how I feel. I'm going to accept the yellow. And I think that who cares how I feel about that. (laughs) But like, I don't actually know the rule and why it wasn't a red versus a yellow. And it was because the ball was played a certain way or there's enough people back. Don't really care. I'm going to say it's a yellow. Barely, barely even a yellow. If you ask me. (laughs) Barely. I don't even think it was a foul. Me me neither. Um, I was also so happy for Christy. Christy made her return since the World Cup. She's been out with injury, lower legs injury. And I was so happy to see her back out there. I thought she did great. She did really well. I thought she came in and like, I thought, not to take this away from Christy, but like every single person who came on the field, like literally changed the game. And I was like, think, because sometimes you have games where you like come on and it's crazy. But I was like, our game changers are doing exactly that changing yeah. the game which in in the best way and we needed that but i was that so happy so for true. her i know i was so happy for her and so proud of her uh it's all as we both know it's so hard being out with injury and then to get thrust back into a playoff game and to have the impact that she had i thought was so incredible and i want to talk more about it because yeah she had an assist we want to tell you guys all about the gotham goal so two minutes after the second period of extra time kicked off the deadlock was broken by this week's delivery of the week. And that means it's time now for the delivery of the week delivered by Grubhub. Christy, like around midfield, Christy like stole the ball from somebody, like rushed in, barged in, stole the ball from them. Then the ball gets moved upfield. Then a ball in from Yasmin Ryan was intercepted by Sam Coffey, but the rebound bounced to Christy's feet again. She first touched it down to Katie Stengel and Christy, giving her all the credit, continued her run into the box Katie takes it on her left foot, shoots it, sick shot, like pretty much upper 90 with her left foot. Gotham's up one to nothing. And then they'd hold on for another 15 minutes, sending them to the NWSL championship. It was insane. It was crazy. Christie's touch to Stangle was amazing. I, mean, I know. Stangle's first touch and the way she like bent the ball was incredible. I, I literally didn't even make a run. I if You can see me like going like this, looking and being <laughs> just like in disbelief that it happened. And uh that's delivery of the week. So you can satisfy every craving with delicious food delivery from Grubhub. Yeah. Um, no bias there as I tried to give Christy all the credit for I the entire tell. goal and nobody else in the Gotham team at all. But good job, Bats. Huge Christy Mewis fan. Shocker. Big Christy Mewis <laughs> fan. Never met her. Um, okay, let's talk about the final, the championship game. Lynn, your seventh final. I know. That's kind of crazy. Did you see the text exchange between Krieger and Pino. Yeah, it's so funny because I actually saw this way before. Well, Krieger 
talked to me about this before because Krieger was like, oh, I want to be able to go to Pino's last game for the national team. And then yeah. she obviously couldn't because they had training. And then we had our game in Portland. So Krieger was like, oh, I should go like up and support Pino for her last game. Whatever. They were trying to figure out yeah. how they could come to each other's last game. Yeah. So then naturally, Pino was like, well, when's yours? And she was like, November 11th. So I just thought it was so funny. I was like, wow, what lovely friends you both wanted to support each other. I know. I think it's so cool that, well, one, I think it's so cool that Krieger was like, my last game is November 11th. Like, it will not be a day sooner. Like, go off, Krieger. And I think it's so cool that they've played all this all this time together, their whole careers. They're such close friends, and they're just going to like, not that it's like a win-win, but like, kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. As close as you can possibly get being on different teams. What was your celebration after the semifinal like as a team? I mean, we like celebrated on the field for a long time. We threw Katie Stang on the air. We celebrated <laughs> in the locker room a little bit. But like, you know, like it's it's so fun. You you take a moment, but you're like, it's not over. We have to like start recovering right now yeah. to play our next game. We yeah. obviously flew to San Diego yesterday. Well, when this comes out, it will Monday. be- Monday, you flew Monday. Whatever. We flew Monday. So we like celebrated for a second, but then everybody's like, we got to go like lay down. I got to yeah. like, rest yeah. my legs. Get me the big legs. Exactly. So as that's not very exciting, we didn't really do much. Um, what's your week looking like this week? So you're in San Diego now. Like, how are you preparing? In San Diego, we having an off day. Thank goodness. Um, and then we have some media stuff. We have training. I think that right now, like it's so exciting. I feel like this championship feels different than any other one I've been to um, just in the amount of support there is and fans. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that, you know, obviously San Diego was in their playoff game and they got 33,000 people, but I'm hoping like a huge crowd like that comes out for this weekend too. Um, So there's just like a lot going on, but we just have to remember like we have one more game and our task at hand is the soccer. So everybody's just like trying to stay focused, cancel out all the noise and, and just come together and, really just soak in this last week of of soccer together like it's been a long year but we have one more week so like just getting it together and just pushing i know i feel like until this point everybody except krieger like you can't plan anything because you just like don't know when it's going to end like making playoffs then you're in the quarterfinal then you're in the semifinal and anything could happen so you can't plan any flights any dates anything else in your life and now you like kind of are like Okay, now I know, but all you yeah. can focus on now is the final. Like, you're not looking beyond that, even though you have the information. So is that, like, the advice you'd give to your teammates who have never been in this position before is just, like, stay focused on what we have right now. We're done after this. Yeah, I think that, like, like you said, everything we can start planning. So the I would let the, the front office staff plan mm-hmm. that. If you have something that's, like, dire that you need to talk about, obviously, like, talk to them if you're going to be stressed about it. But the way I'm thinking about it is like, that's a later Lynn problem. So I need to be able to be focused right now. We've won championships and we've lost championships. And every time you lose, you always remember that. And you you look back and you have this like terrible feeling. And I would hate to be distracted and then something bad happen and be like, dang, I wish I I was more focused. So just trying to like stay in the moment and and then you can worry about all of that stuff later. Like that's yeah. that would be my advice is like just stay focused and enjoy this. Like this is the first time I've been to a final this early. Like we're in this city so early. Yeah. So I'm like, let's like treat this. We're basically like a home team now. Like treat the hotel like your house and yep. <laughs> and get on the same time zone and everything and and freaking just focus. Oh my gosh. I am so excited for you guys. I am 
team bats i wanted to congratulate you again even though i already said this on best 11 that was amazing and so well deserved you've had such an impact you. for your team this season you were injured all last year and now you're on the best 11 this year like you're such a legend one i was shocked i said this before i was shocked i don't know why um but i was and i i don't think that you get individual awards without your team and like there's so many people that have helped me like get here and last year like all I could think of at this moment was like I want to play so as the season has been continuing to go on and on and on like I don't want to sound ungrateful it's like it is a long year and it's been like very mentally taxing but like that's what I just try to bring it back to is last year I was in a moment where I was like I all I want to do is play and now I'm like all I'm doing is playing so I'm just it's just like about perspective so yeah, I, like, I just can't believe it. I'm so excited. Like We had so many team awards. I was like, go Bats again. Your coach also got Coach of the Year, Juan Carlos. Congrats. I know. He's so deserving. Krieger was on Best 11 as well. Jenna got second team, best second oh, team awesome. as a rookie. And then she was Rookie of the Year. So like... that's I feel like that's so well deserved. She like does not look like a rookie at all. I know. She doesn't like act like a rookie. And on top of that, she's... She came in as a forward and she's been playing oh, wow. left when back. She, so. When she shot that free kick, I was like, a, like if I, I would never have done that as a rookie. And I think it's so sick that she shot it. Do you remember that one that was like low down to the end? The, yeah. And she, I was if, like, I was not annoyed that she shot it at all. I was like, yeah, you better have shot that. That was sick. That wasn't even shocking to me. What I thought was so cool is when she ran down Sophie Smith. Yeah. In the second half, I was like, go the f off, Jenna. Get that ball and take it somewhere else. She's been awesome. That is so well-deserved for her, too. That was amazing. Congrats to Lynn and the Bats. Right after this, we have an amazing conversation with the legend Abby Wambach. Wow, what an episode. We will be right back. Do you want to dive deeper into women's sports news of the week? You can get the latest news delivered straight into your inbox. That's right. You can start your morning off right five days a week with the Just Women's Sports newsletter, our free daily newsletter that brings you the latest and greatest in women's sports. Whether it's breaking news, exclusive conversations, or just a cool stat that you might be missing, we've got you covered. So never miss a story on women's sports. You can subscribe for free at justwomensports.com backslash newsletter. That's justwomensports.com backslash newsletter. And we'll see you in your inbox. Okay, everybody, we are now joined by an American legend. Shout out to the website formerly known as Twitter for causing us all to DM each other and make this actually happen. She is a six-time U.S. Soccer Athlete of the Year, two-time Olympic gold medalist, World Cup winner, FIFA World Player of the Year, one of Time 100's most influential people in the world, and our friend, Abby Wambach. Welcome to Snacks. I'm so Woo! happy to be with you, too. I'm such <laughs> big fans of you, both on the field and now with your podcast off. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank well, you. How are you? I'm so good. Yeah. I mean, look, I, uh, I guess this December, it'll be um, five plus three is eight years since I've retired. And a lot has happened in my life. Um, but right now, currently, I'm doing well. We've got teenagers. So it's like a lot of goings on here in the little Melton Wambach family. But I'm just good. You know, I'm just like still trying to figure myself out and working uh, lots, busy with family stuff. Life is good. Did you guys do Halloween? We, okay. So I personally wish I had like the Halloween gene where I got excited mm. about like dressing up. But where I come through is in the candy department. So very important. Uh, our house is what I dreamed 
one day would be the house that everybody was excited to go to <laughs> trick or treat at because I'd have like the full size candy bars, etc. And well, what did you get? Like, what's your go to candy bar? Uh, I mean, Snickers, Milky Ways, like full bags, like the big ones of Skittles, Starburst, like the full ones. And just food for thought, you got to also have the little mini options for like the little kitties because they're yeah they, they they don't they don't like the big candy bars they like like the little nerds you know little boxes yeah they know what's good oh. for them yeah and so glennon always like shames me a little bit around how much candy i get she's like this is ridiculous and i'm like yes no you're welcome and then i went to i went to crystal's house for uh halloween and like had her was trick-or-treating with her and people came over and it's so funny to watch the little kids like some of them like stepped into the house and then they're like, how, how many? And I'm like, go for it. They're just like hand in bucket, like so much. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. One of the kids. Crystal's like, stop. And I'm like, no. One of the kids last night did say, this is my favorite house to come to every year. You did it. I was like, I can retire from this. This is great. You did it. Was it, was that as special of a moment as winning the world cup? No, but. Dang it. <laughs> but it was special. I mean, listen, this is what it was my World Cup. It was post eight yeah. years later. Yeah. It was yeah. it was something. That's amazing. Can you speaking of Glennon and your family, you have been doing a podcast with her for years. What can you teach us about podcasting? Here's the thing. My wife is a genius, and I I can say that because I am not. She's just so smart and brilliant in the way that she thinks about the world. Um, and her sister is always also equally as smart and brilliant. Um, but they come at they come at problems in different ways. Like Amanda, her sister, is more logical and like lawyer esque, and Glennon comes from like a more emotional and spiritual place. And then I I come on. I mean, honestly, I don't really know what what my place on the show is, but I my my voice, which has actually been really helpful and healing from soccer. Honestly, like when it's your time to retire, y'all, like there is a healing process. Um, I don't know how many people actually go down it, but I'm in the healing process because it's really difficult and it's really hard. And there's a lot of things that you're taught. And there are so many more things that you're not taught by being a soccer player for all the years that we've done that we've done it. And so it's been really helpful for me uh, to to really be vulnerable, to stay vulnerable and to like keep asking like the hard questions around the world. But I love it. I mean, it's called We Can Do Hard Things. Um, we record two, three podcasts a week. We publish two, two podcasts a week and like our podcasting studio is in our house. So we have a pretty good, pretty good deal. Yeah. That is awesome. I love your podcast, by the way. Thank you. Same. I love it as well. It's definitely on my weekly podcast things that I listen to, but that kind of leads straight into one of our first questions. So you obviously, when you stop playing, did you have to take a moment to step away to be able to then come back and support the team? And like, what has, what did that journey look like? Mm. Or did you like immediately stop and you're like, you know what, I'm going to support the team? 100%. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't take any time away in terms of the support that I wanted to provide. But there is this element of like now being on the outside that you want to respect what's happening inside the bubble and what's happening on the inside. So you don't want to like penetrate. You don't want to like, show up and be like, Hey, 
you know, I'm here. So I retired in 2015 and then they, they had the Olympics in 2016. And I would text a few of my former teammates, Alex Pino before, um, that tournament. That was it. That was like kind of the support I was offering. And then I got the awesome opportunity in 2019 to come watch y'all play, which was really fun. And that was really special for my whole family. Cause they, none of them ever really saw me play in person. Uh, cause I came into the family soon after I retired. So I think that in terms of my support and my love for the women's national team, it will always be there. Like it's like an open invitation, but I also am always like managing. I don't want to insert myself into, I don't want to invite myself to a party that I'm not invited to. And so that's where I think that us soccer might want to, at some point in the future, maybe reach back and connect the players. I know that the Players Association does a good job of it, but I, I do think that there is so much value in remembering where the team came from in order for them to chart their new path. Like, I think that that is the most important element that uh, so many of my teams that I played on that we didn't really get right all the time, that we were just like, we're doing it our way. And it's like, you do need to bring in all the elements to what creates such a special environment. Um, and, and some of that is the past, but no, the players don't need me. They've got it. Even though this last world cup didn't turn out like we wanted it to, I still think that we're talking about a couple of penalty kicks missed. Uh, and then the U S team shows up differently in ladder round games. So, you know, we can talk about all of the things and the coaches and the players and the, don't get me started on the mentality piece. Cause I will f- blow up on somebody, but what I do know <laughs> Is we're talking about a penalty kick and that, I mean, we didn't win every world championship we ever played in. Like that is true. Was it always easy to watch the game when you first were done? No, no, not so hard. It's the hardest thing (laughs) ever. Not because I still, yeah, not because I think I can do it better. It has nothing to do with that. It's like knowing what the players are thinking and seeing the play develop and seeing the desire and having no control over any of the outcome. That's the hard part. It's not because I think I would be able to do better. It's, it's, you are, you are in a position to have zero impact here, no impact whatsoever. Um, and so that's what makes it hard. And, and I like, let's put my time on the team aside. Like I'm like the biggest women's soccer fan ever. And so of course I'm just like competitive and I want us to win. So from those perspectives, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're still around the game so much, which is amazing. I, I, a lot of what you just said resonates with me. You're involved with angel city, which is, has been so fun to watch. Angel city is just like one of the most fun teams in the league to, to watch their games and to see who's at the game. It's, I feel like it's been such a pull to the league this year. What do you have any thoughts about the NWSL in general about angel city or the playoffs this year? What's coming up? Yeah. I mean, obviously we were pretty pumped. I was at the game where we, got into the playoffs that was huge just from like a club like big perspective um to be two years in and to to make the playoffs is a big deal and the league is just going to keep growing you know i think that that one of the most important things for me as a quote unquote as an investor i shouldn't put that in quotes that's real that's true i was gonna say i think you did invest <laughs> yeah i did <laughs> one of the most important things to me though is the the environment that angel city has created that is consistent and something that you can rely on 
game in and game out, that there's going to be 20,000 plus people there, that the environment is so different than the one that I grew up, that the fans that were watching me play, not only because of the size, but because um, the kinds of people that were there, right? Like everybody's welcome. And I think that the sense and the vibe of, of the stadium when we watch Angel City play is just, I don't know. I, I just, I hadn't really experienced it as a player. And every single game I look at Glenn and I was just like, this is so amazing. Towards the end of my career, we were getting more crowds to the national team, but definitely not on a club level. And I think long-term, the NWSL has quite a bit of the, it's just so much untapped potential. I don't know what where we are with an actual TV rights deal. I know that one was possible, but we just need to get more people uh, watching watching these games and more people show up watching these games, more sponsorships come, more the players get paid. And then, you know, we're off to the races. So I have high hopes. I do think it'll take another couple of years for some of the clubs to develop the kind of fandom um, that Angel City has been able to do in such a short time. But it's happening. Like, it's not it's not a matter of if, it's just like a matter of when at this point. Even in mine and Sam's playing career, we've seen the league just boom. Obviously, it's so cool to see all the fans that come out to Angel City like every single week. Um, and now that they're not in the playoffs, who are you going for? Ooh, who am I going <laughs> for? This is a complicated... Don't say the wrong answer. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of great players out there. I'm just going to go down the middle here. I'm not going to say answer. <laughs> <laughs> wanted to be a- we know it was going to be gotham that's I- what you were going to say abby do you have any like funny memories from your early years in the league that like you look back on and you're like oh my god can you believe that was the same league yeah so i have been <laughs> listen i've been in three different iterations right so yeah. the first the first league was the wsa and then it was the wps and now the nwsl i remember going to western new york and that was interesting for me because I live in Rochester and Western New York. The team is in Buffalo, which is like an hour Mm -hmm. West. We both played there 2015 and 2016. No way. So you could have played with us if you just hung on one more year. (laughs) One more year. You know, I couldn't even play my, I had such Achilles tendonitis. I had such a bad injury towards the end of my career that I couldn't even. It wouldn't have gone any better in Buffalo (laughs) if you were playing on turf. Yeah, Exactly. (laughs) I have gone through so many iterations of my career. I went through so many iterations of my career and from like, you know, 15 passenger van, 10 hour bus ride, like the whole thing. And I just cannot, the kind of locker rooms that we had, I mean, what were, what were, we were in the sportsplex. Where where was your guys' locker room for the Western New York flash? Yeah, it was in there. Yeah. It was called the sportsplex or some sort of indoor soccer facility I, I think there was like one shower yeah and like nobody nobody yeah, showered was, there oh it was gross <laughs> like yeah. you weren't like meant to be there <laughs> no and like I don't know and I think it's really cool because what I remember early on is a lot of really wealthy dads of girls who played soccer of daughters who played soccer bought these teams and now you are seeing differences right you're seeing san diego you're seeing kansas city people who yes they've got money but it's not because they have a daughter it's like because they see actual profitability um yeah pipeline it's just it's a matter of time so yeah 
I don't really have great stories, but I just remember the crowds and the difference of crowds is just, it's just so fun to go to NWSL game now. It's amazing. Yeah, I don't ever want to like bash any any of those organizations because obviously they started and they gave us like a a foundation for the league. So like that was incredible. But I remember living in Buffalo and then driving an hour to Rochester to go to the game and then us being there like about to do the national anthem and everybody joking and being like, thank you guys all for coming out to the game. It would be like 10 people in the stands. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> like, I, I, I always... I couldn't believe that we had to take a bus to our own home game. Like, that was, <laughs> I know bizarre. we didn't even know to think that that was weird though. Like obviously people would be like, that's crazy that you do that. And I was kind of like, yeah, it's just, that's just professional sports. And it's like, no, it isn't. <laughs> but I will say in 2016, we did win. So I do have a fond memory of that. Okay. We want to move just to your, not just the NWSL, but like, Obviously, you're like an icon in the soccer world and you're a key member of the soccer community. Was there ever a moment in your career where you felt like misunderstood or misrepresented? And like, how did you deal with that? It's really interesting because your all's generation has done so much beautiful work around um, saying the things that those that were in my generation and those that came before me were afraid to say because we were we were afraid to lose the league we were afraid to lose uh, our your place in the soccer world i think it's so amazing what y'all have been able to accomplish in terms of equal pay and it has gotten me thinking so much about my role in the lack of equal pay Right. Because I was a leader on the team for a lot of years. Oftentimes, you know, the president of US soccer and I would be in conversation talking about uh, collective bargaining agreements. What's not, what, what are the deal points? Um, our lawyers were friendly with the, the federation um, at the time. And, you know, I do have to give myself a lot of grace in that because we're only ready for what we're ready when we're ready for it. I do have so much jealousy that you guys were able to do it and I wasn't that you all were a part of a team that was able to come together, that was able to stand up, that was able to afford what it took in order to really get equal pay. I know that that was a big concern of all, a lot of us because we weren't making nearly as much money as, as some of you were making to be able to go through a process of possibly not getting paid, um, of paying the lawyers, right? Like what they deserve. And so in terms of being misunderstood, I know that I stood for what you guys were able to walk into. I stood for equality. I stood for being kind and working hard and winning as like what we're here to do. I do think that there was, I had more courage in me that I was, I was scared. I think I was scared to not rock the boat. Um, and I think that Pino and Alex and Becky and y'all just like, you just had more security and less fear to be able to like achieve what you did. So it's like, it's so hard for me to hear you say that. Um, I agree. All those women are like incredible, fearless, but we had the platform that we had because it was built on what you built and the generation before you built another platform. Yeah. I know you've probably heard this a million times and I wish I was better prepared to tell you how important you were in this whole thing. But like, you're exactly right. That equal pay perhaps 
it wasn't an automatic thing in the 90s or even in the 2000s. It was this thing that got built to by all the players that came before us. And it happened when it happened because of that kind of those foundations yeah. just kept getting built on each other. So I'm it sad, saddens me so much to hear you say that. But Well, don't feel sad because I feel right about it. Like I feel okay with my place in it. I do have envy that y'all were able to do it and I wasn't because I'm competitive as fuck. Um, and I also think that there's a responsibility that all of us had to carry the torch as far as we could. Yeah, I think that what Sam said, though, is like the key part is I know you feel envy and stuff, but like that what we were able to accomplish doesn't get accomplished without all the teams before and all the people before. And as like as it is, like without all the winning that you guys have done before, mm -hmm. the winning like gave us power yeah you're yeah. winning gave us the power to do that which yeah we that, just happened we to be born together. i'm gonna yeah we just happened to be born at a time where it was like now it's time whereas like you said before i don't know exactly yeah. what words you said but i liked it it was you're not ready until you're something until you're something else <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have to you're gonna have to say that again and i'm gonna write it down but exactly that i can say it right <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, you had this like really incredibly iconic moment where at that when you won the SB, you noted about how you had made less money than Kobe Bryant and Peyton Manning. How do you feel about those that now? Do you have any like revisions to that or any like follow up thoughts about what you said then? Or how does that make you feel now? Obviously, Kobe's passed away since. And so aside from that, um, I think it's important that as like we and, and our trajectory and our evolution and justice um, moves down the line, I think it's always really important to consider and to reanalyze prior beliefs. It's something that I'm kind of obsessed with. And I still believe it to be very true um, that Kobe and me and Peyton, we stood on the same stage. We got the same award for the same effort, for the same sacrifice, for the same, right? And 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 these two amazing gentlemen who earned every penny they got, mm -hmm. we all three walked off into three very different retirements. You know, theirs were where they were going to invest their hundreds of millions of dollars. And mine was like how I was going to pay my mortgage that month. True story. And I think about that a lot because I wasn't, um, I was, I was in the world of fighting for equal pay, right? Fighting for the collective. And then when you retire, you have to start thinking, oh, the collective also includes me. And pro sports is so interesting because it feels like when you're in it, you can't get outside of it. Otherwise you'll, you'll lose all streams of income. But what I realized is like, I actually did have to step outside of the sport in order to really create a new career for myself, um, as an author, as a podcaster, as a professional speaker. Uh, and one of the things that I'm extraordinarily proud of is that I've been able to do it and actually love it. Like I always thought when I retire, I'm not going to actually enjoy the other stuff that I do as much as playing soccer but I do love what I do more than when I played soccer. It's like almost apples and oranges to compare, but yeah, I still stand by what I said. And I think that it's really important. It's an important visual for people because I think that all along I, I was only comparing myself to other female athletes. And by that comparison, I was doing really great. I was, I was one of the highest played on the team. I was, I was one of the highest paid athletes in the world, essentially, uh, women athletes in the world. And 
it was just a really humbling moment. And I think that mm, yeah. it's important to like call it out. And I wasn't doing it like in spite of Kobe or Peyton, you know, I'm actually, no, no, no. I'm in, I'm friends with Peyton. He's just like, here you go again. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> I think that that is something that I hope the narrative starts to change about is that when you're fighting for equal pay, it's not to bash what the men is, are making. It's to just get yeah. equal. And I think that that is like the most important thing. And I'm hoping, I mean, people are stuck in their ways and want to find something to be mad about all the time. So I'm going to move those people aside. But I would like to think that the majority of people and deep thinkers recognize that. Do you have like a memory from playing soccer that people don't talk about a lot that is really important to you? You know, it's interesting because every single time I won a championship, I'd get on the podium, they'd put the medal around my neck um, and I'd get off the podium and I would immediately have a thought. And here is what that thought is. I want to do that again. I gave myself literally the anthem of time to celebrate. And of course we would celebrate and we had ticker tape parades like y'all did, but I think that the most special moments for me were in those locker rooms before we had to go get on the podium to do the anthem ceremony. There's nothing like that for human beings to be able to connect around, regardless of like the gratitude or the, the grandiose and the grandiosity of being at the Olympics or a World Cup. It's just like fighting to do something that you set out to do with a group of people. And like, by the way, like newsflash, like you're not friends with every single one of your teammates and yet you're celebrating with them as if you are best of friends because you've been through something together that um, it's just super special. Yeah. Me and Sam talk about how it the women's national team is like such a crazy environment and obviously you don't understand it until you've been a part of it and you're obviously like trying to fight with people to make a, a roster the whole time but then at the same time those are also the only people that know <laughs> that exactly <laughs> what you're going through very weird so it's like a such a weird environment and you're right like you like you're need not... them but you also like yeah. need to be better than them <laughs> yeah you're like i need you to move out of the way but i need your help at the same yeah. time but yeah, I think that's where you just gain respect. Like, it's not like best friends. It's just like, I respect you so much because this is hard. One of the things that I learned early on in my national team career was from Mia. She focused a lot on talking about all of our strengths and all of our weaknesses, like not hiding or shying away from them. Uh, because she talked a lot about the fact that like my strengths were where her strengths were able to like connect and what my weaknesses were, right, were were the places that she knew where her strengths could show up, right? And I think, I think that that's one of the most fascinating things. It's like it should be a case study around our team is that it takes <clears throat> a certain kind of psychological psychology to go into an environment day after day where you're both required to be a great teammate and also required to be the very best in the world individually. And you're supposed to believe that about yourself. You are, you are required. Like it's, it's you, in order to enter, you have to believe that you are one of the best in the world at what you do. And holding both of those things at the same time is where 
the differences between I think players who make rosters and players who don't mm. people who can compete in that environment, because it's not for everybody. It's really difficult to be able to say, I'm going out there to be my best. I'm going to go out there to be my best so that every single player else out here is also being required to be at their best. And because of that, we're able to respect each other in a way that's both competitive and like open and loving and nurturing. That's really cool. I love that. I was, do you feel like I love hearing that? Do you feel like you approached your time in soccer differently than others? Or do you feel like within the national team, like there's kind of a uniform mentality or like, are you looking back being like, wow, I really like did something special and different. No, I was as good as everybody else on my right and my left. Like I scored a lot of goals and none of them, none of them were scored. They were, none of them were scored without the help of a teammate, not a single one. And I scored a shit ton of penalties and people sometimes call me on that. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't know how many hours the goalkeepers would stay after practice and train me taking penalty after penalty after penalty. Like there are so many, many different factors into why I was the player that I was. I would for sure say, I mean, Mia helped me, Christine Lilly, um, just massive impacts. Christy Rampone, Shannon Box, Heather O'Reilly, Lauren Chaney, like so many people who we all like bought into this belief about ourselves, like equally. It wasn't like, oh, Abby's got us, like she's going to score goals. It was like, I was thinking Heather's going to put me in good position that I'm going to get a chance to score like that. That was my mentality. And I also do. And I've, I've thought a lot about this because I'm obsessed with um, why some players are able to capitalize in big moments. And there was one quality that I know that I possess and I can't speak for other people. I know that there are some out there that when the moment arises, you are offered an opportunity like this, this choice energetically, like there's a moment. And I always wanted to get into the depths of that moment. Like I'm willing to completely put myself in a position where if I don't score this goal, I will be known for the person who missed. Like I think about the goal against Brazil in 2011 all the time. So do we. People don't understand that I thought I hit the side net. I thought I, I, I thought I went to the right of the post. That's what I thought in the moment. The only reason why I ran in celebration is because the crowd celebrated and my, I like blacked out and like, I don't have a memory. Really, I don't have a memory of it because it was too much emotion. And, and I truly believe oh, I'm that I'm just going to go with it because they think <laughs> it went in and let's, <laughs> let's go with it. And there's no VAR. There's no VAR. So it's in. Exactly. And like, I think I looked back, like I was celebrating. I kind of looked back and like, I saw the ball inside the goal and I was like, holy shit, that went in. And I think like when Megan took her touch and she looked up and she saw me and put her head back down and she hit it. I like, I knew where my body needed to be. And I like had to surrender to the energy that is happening because imagine the whole world essentially watching this one moment. It's maybe a couple million people. I don't know if it's the whole world. Everybody is wanting, they're wishing, their energy is wishing for this play to happen. I have to just surrender to that wish and like be a vehicle to let it happen. And 
I had, <laughs> I had this unique ability, though I couldn't have put it into words then, that I'm like, yes, I will always believe that, that it is possible that we collectively, the fans also, we can produce on the wishes of every single one of us out there, right? It's not just Megan or me, but it's like the, the fans that are watching it. And so Lynn, like when you're playing, just breathe that energy in. Cause sometimes I, yeah, I, will. No, I have no way of telling you like why I scored those goals. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not, I think that like, than you. that's for sure. <laughs> I think that like when, I mean, this is super psychology of me, but they always talk about that, like that sweet spot when you're playing. I, I mean, I haven't scored a giant, giant goal like that before, but anytime I've scored like a big goal and somebody asked me afterwards, like how, how did the goal happen? Like, can you talk us through it? And I'm like, no, I like block. I blacked out that whole time. I just know what happened. Do you feel that that is like a trust thing, like on the field of like just trusting your teammates? And I guess like the fans trusting you. And like you said, you and Megan had been playing forever together. And you were like, when she put this head down, I just got to get my ass to the box and just trust that I know what I'm doing. That's right. It's all trust. Like, and I know that sounds so woo woo, but at a certain point, what is going to differentiate you from the, the defenders you're playing against? You're all amazing soccer players. Like you're all elite. You're all at the top. The next level is just to surrender. And then optimistically, I always thought, okay, if it were me, where would I want that ball to go? Like if I'm that outside player, like ripping a ball into the box, I'm going to put myself in the most opportunistic position based on every single cue, right? If it's their left foot, if it's their right foot, if somebody's on them, if they're on them really tight, so it's gotta be a little bit outside. So like all of these things are like happening in milliseconds. So you can't, it's not, it's not something you're conscious of. It's just your body has to know, oh, it's gotta go here. And like, you'll score so many more goals if you actually just surrender to the possibility of everything maybe working out exactly as you think it should we talk about this um sorry sam i'm just gonna keep going we talk Please. about sometimes imposter syndrome like getting on the national team and you have like imposter syndrome did you ever feel that or were you somebody like how did you get to this mentality were you born with it did you have to work through it did no. your teammates help you yeah was not born with it had it big time um i was 21 when i first came into the camp my first national team camp and i was the worst player there 100%. In fact, I was the worst player on the national team for every first two weeks of every January camp. Same. <laughs> you ask all of them. No, ask all of them. They're like, who's the worst at preseason? It was always Abby. I remember getting to camp and like, you know, you're, you're, you're doing rondos, 5v2s and I'm, I, I, I'm in the middle and I, I never got out of the middle. I didn't know. Oh, I never one time got out of the middle. Like, it was, it was so embarrassing, horrible. And I got back to my hotel room day one. And the good news is I didn't graduate from college. So this was all I had. Right. And so I had, all, had to work out all yeah. of my eggs in this basket. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got back into the hotel room and I sat down and I knew I had a decision. I could either make up something and leave, make up some sort of family sickness and just get out of there. Cause I was so, I, I did not belong. Or I could promise myself that I would never leave, that I just would not leave and that that 
I had to believe that every day it was going to get a little bit, a teeny bit better because I would learn a little bit. So that is, believe this or not, that is what I promised myself in the first national team camp that I ever went to. And that mentality of getting like those little percent gains stayed with me. And I knew that my time as a national team player would come to an end when I stopped driving for those small percentage gains. And it was 2015 came and I was like, I'm tired. I'm so tired. I can't do any more percentage gains. Uh, and so I retired shortly thereafter. That is such a weird place to wrap up, but we've already gone over. <laughs> it's okay. I know. Okay. I have, I have one more question. That's I have right. one more. Okay. Well, it's, it's just a fun question. Oh, good, um, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So we love reading Glennon's tweets about the soccer, the sports. <laughs> <laughs> have you been like teaching her yes anything like <laughs> i don't ever want her to stop but like does she actually know what offside is no. does she get it no <laughs> she doesn't get that one not yet she hasn't i try it i and i and i think maybe this time maybe today glennon and no she does not get <laughs> offside she understands i think what what drives glennon to like watch these women play is what she calls like the real life stories. Like I want to know about their real life, you know? And then, and then she gets into it and then she's like, Oh my gosh, like Sam, Sam Kerr is dating Christy Mewis. Like, <laughs> like this is so awesome. You know? So who's, um, who's one of her favorite players or her favorite player? Does she have one? That's a really good question. It's like whoever I'm like on the national team. I, before any big game, I'm like, so-and-so is going to have a good game today. And she's like, okay, who, you know, like, who is yeah. like, well, I think Alex is going to score or, you know, this world cup, it was tough. Cause I was wrong every time she likes the underdog. She likes the person who doesn't have all the, um, the chances that, you know, some of the young kids, she loves the young kids story right now. She's, she's invested in, um, in some of the angel city players. But I would be interested. Fair. I'm gonna actually ask her. This is a good question. You should tweet the answer at us and then we'll just keep this whole thing going. Oh, this is good. This is good. And then to double wrap it up, I have another question, Sam. You're not gonna talk <laughs> this whole time. Sam, can you explain to us why it's wheelbarrow oh. and not wheelbarrow? Oh, I have no idea why, but I just like feel like it's just I don't know. I just knew. Listen to me. Okay, so here is what happened to me. I'm driving the car. And our kids are in the back seat, and Glenn is to my right in the passenger seat. And uh, one of the kids goes, wheelbarrow. And I, their adult parent, start laughing at them. <laughs> I said, I was like, oh, and I look at Glenn. I was like, it's not barrow. Did you hear them? They said it's wheelbarrow. And Glennon looks at me and she goes, that is what it's called. It's a wheelbarrow. <laughs> And I'm like, no, it's a wheelbarrow with an L. She said, no, honey, that is not a thing. I full on thought it was wheelbarrow as well. And like pretty much convinced Sam that she was wrong. But turns yeah. out I was wrong. As soon as I said it, I was like, that's wrong. Yeah. Because it should be a it, barrel I know. on wheels. It doesn't make any logical sense. And I do think that there was somebody that I saw on a video recently that 
as our language evolves, because we're saying some weird stuff now that they would never have been cool with a hundred years ago. As it evolves, I think wheelbarrow is coming into our future. Oh. And I think we're bringing, we're doing it now. Oh, okay, that's you a hard guys are just a, You guys are just ahead of the curve. <laughs> curve. Oh God. <laughs> is it curve? Can I say something about- Curve, it's curve. Can I say something about you guys specifically? Yeah. Yes. I think it is so cool that you've chosen to do this stuff outside of playing because uh, obviously you know that you can't play forever. It gives and has given me so much pride. You know, Sam, I know you've been out recently, but Lynn, like watching you play and seeing how you've come on strong, I think personally speaking, I think that you have so much untapped potential and the person that's, um, that's holding you back is you and your your like where you are in your head about like I, I see you in your head out there and i want to like i want to like go onto the field or come into the locker room and just be like go for it just just go you are such an incredible athlete you're you are a better soccer player than i ever was i was not very good at soccer I'm good at scoring goals you're a better soccer player like you're more mindful like the way that you play I just don't want you to ever like hold yourself back. I want you to surrender to the possibility that you could be the greatest soccer player on the planet. Like, how does that feel when I say that to you? Well, I get chills. I just, I'm in a sweater and I got chills. So like, if you surrender yeah. to the possibility, regardless if that ever happens or not, like that's not, that's not like a personal goal of mine, but if you could just surrender to that possibility, the world is your oyster. You, you go and then you create what you create. I believe in you and I believe in this team and I know you guys have like a long road ahead to the world, to the Olympics, but I will always be forever. Both y'all's biggest fans. I think that what you're doing is great. Thank you so much. That like means the world to me. I, yeah, I don't know what to say. I'm speechless and that doesn't happen often. <laughs> Just so. go for it. Thank you. No. Thank you. Why not? That was such great advice. Was I on point there either? Like, was I was I correct in any of that? Yeah, like from afar. Yeah, like I think I think that sometimes I am in my head a lot, where I'm like, when I, I think my best times playing is when I'm just not even thinking that much. Sometimes when I like get so much direction, I'm like, okay, I got to do this, and I got to do this, and I got to do this, and I'm like, oh shit, I haven't actually played the game at all. Two things. But when I'm, yeah. Two things is all a person can focus on in a soccer game. You bring yourself two things every soccer game, every half. That's what I did. I was like all in my head early on in my career. My coach was like, all right, we're going to focus on two things. And he's like your first touch. And I don't know, putting yourself in a goal scoring position this, this half. And I was like, oh, I could do two things. That's easy. I get fired up about this. Cause I just think like, I think that our forwards on the national team need a good kick in their asses about how great they are. You score so many goals it's like bizarre that we have like let ourselves do this you're right we're gonna go we're gonna i'm just i'm surrendering now i can't wait to watch lynn play do it. yeah portland should be scared now abby okay the last thing we need from you is a chomp <sighs> oh my god that oh, was, that so was good. a good one that was a good it was one. great welcome back to snacks delivered by grubhub to celebrate myself <laughs> heading to the final the NWCL championship, we're giving you 50% off snacks merch. Thank you. You're welcome. It's a gift. 
from me at Just Women Sports. So head to Just Women Sports store to shop justwomensports.com and use code CHOMP at checkout to get 50% off all snacks merch. Yes, I want to see all snacks merch in the stands at San Diego making the final all about me and Lynn's podcast instead of the teams that are actually in it. If you're watching from home, snacks merch. Okay, let's go to the snacks hotline, please. Beep, boop, 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 beep. Hi, Sam and Lynn. This is Meg and Lauren. Long-time listeners, first-time callers from KC, baby. Our question is in honor of spooky season. In a Freaky Friday situation where you wake up in each other's bodies, who would be more convincing as the other and why? Can't wait to hear your answer. Go back. Um, Lynn would not be convincing at all because she'd show up late and then everybody would be like, that's not Sam. I I could get all, I, I don't. Who would be more convincing? You, you like would you like would be not happy like living my life. Like, but I don't have your brain. Yeah, but you would, I think. No, I'm just in your body. You have your brain, and I yeah, but our have like my physical brain. brains aren't like morphing in. You know what I mean? Like you would you have literally... you ever watched Freaky Friday? Yeah, their brains don't. They don't get cranium surgery. Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, okay. <clears throat> Taking the science out of it for fun. <laughs> I, like, don't really know the answer to this. Do you want to do your best impression of me? Um, not really. Do you want to do your best impression of me? I don't know. I can't, like, think of anything. Neither could I. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think people would immediately know we were not the right person. If I was in your body, I would be too relaxed. People would be like, Sam, or, like, are you okay? And then the other way around, people would be like, Lynn, are you... Are you ha- currently having a panic attack? <laughs> <laughs> Be like, sh- what? <laughs> um, well, Meg and Lauren, that was like a really interesting question. This is one me and Lynn will probably continue to talk about it at a later time. And we'll definitely let you guys know if we come up with any better answers. So I think we're, I think we're going to go um, next week on the podcast. <laughs> G2G, our final episode of the season. Oh, my God. Oh, you are not going to want to miss it. Oh, don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to it. Like this one from Baron 44 that says, love listening. Bring on Abby. Well, we just did. Thank you so much, Baron 44 We listened to our fans. One last thing, Lynn. See you all on the 11th in your snacks merch. Every single listener will be flying to San Diego. Go freaking bats. Yeah. Um, good luck, Lynn. We love you so much. Thank you. Okay, don't forget to subscribe. Love you, miss you. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, <laughs> iHeart, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snacks is produced by Jay Wolf, Patrick Casino, Parker Fenton, and John Murray. For more great women's sports content, go to justwomensports.com and be sure to follow Just Women Sports on all your favorite channels. I'm Sam Mewis. Actually, let's and I'm do Lynn a switch. What? I'm Lynn Williams. And I'm Sam Mewis. And you've been listening to Snacks, delivered by Grubhub. <laughs>